Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. Welcome to the Gospel for Life. Around the table with me this morning is Vinny Henke from Valley Life Community Church and Ryan Hempfell from uh, Treasure Valley RPCNA and Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church. And we are in the middle of Advent season, a season of waiting for or anticipating the coming of Jesus Christ. We kind of think about it in two terms. One is his first coming, um, and we in some ways are re-anticipating not his birth, but what his birth accomplished. But there's also a component to it where we're also waiting for his second coming that he's coming again so his second advent into the into the world and for a few days at least we are going to be thinking about the second coming of Jesus Christ and you can just think about it as this is an our our JC Ryle advent season that we are utilizing some thoughts from JC Ryle an Anglican preacher from couple centuries ago yeah. now. Um, yeah, he died in 1900. Yeah. Uh, an Anglican bishop, a really uh, staunch conservative uh, voice uh, when you know, there was a liberalizing tendency in the, in the church even back then. Uh, he called people from a he, – he referred to sometimes to uh, what was being taught back then as jellyfish Christianity with no backbone, uh, no knowledge of the Savior and his life, death, and atonement for our sins. And so he was a, he was a real voice of the gospel. And so we're taking these Advent thoughts from his actually his thoughts from the gospel. He he wrote uh, several commentaries on the on Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And these Advent readings are really from his commentary. Yeah. So J. C. Ryle did not write an Advent devotional um, mm-hmm. for you, but somebody compiled an Advent devotional from the writings of J. C. Mm-hmm. Ryle. And for a while, we're going to use those. To hopefully help you at the beginning of your day just get grounded in the truths of God's word. So we're going to start with a, a passage of scripture, and then we're going to read one of these Advent devotionals, and then you're going to hear some commentary by us, some reactions to that. So that's mm-hmm. where we're at, and here we go. Vinny's going to read for, for us. Yeah, so today's Advent comes out of Matthew chapter 24, verses 29 through 35. This will be from the ESV. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. 
From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see all these things, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. And in connection to those verses, the um, devotional here is titled, A Multitude That No One Can Count. This would have been read on December 3rd. Uh, These verses teach us that when Christ returns to this world, he will first take care of his believing people. He will send his angels, and they will gather together his elect. In the day of judgment, true Christians will be perfectly safe. Not a hair of their heads shall fall to the ground. Not one bone of Christ's mystical body shall be broken. There was an ark for Noah in the day of the flood, the city of Zor for Lot when Sodom was destroyed. There will be a hiding place for all believers in Jesus when the wrath of God at last bursts on this wicked world. Those mighty angels who rejoiced in heaven when each sinner repented will gladly catch up the people of Christ to meet their Lord in the air. That day, no doubt, will be an awful day, but believers may look forward to it without fear. In the day of judgment, true Christians will at length be gathered together. The saints of every age and every language will be assembled out of every land. All will be there, from righteous Abel down to the last soul that is converted to God, from the oldest patriarch down to the little infant that just breathed and died. Let us think what a happy gathering that will be, when all the family of God are finally together. If it has been pleasant to meet one or two saints occasionally on earth, how much more pleasant will it be to meet a multitude that no one can count? Surely we may be content to carry the cross and put up with partings for a few years. We travel on towards a day when we will meet to part no more. J.C. Ryle continues, These verses also teach us that our Lord's predictions will certainly be fulfilled. He says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Our Lord knew well the natural unbelief of human nature. He knew that scoffers would arise in the last days, saying, Where is the promise of his coming? He knew that when he came, faith would be rare on the earth. He foresaw how many would contemptuously reject the solemn predictions he had just been delivering as improbable, unlikely, and absurd. He warns us against all such skeptical thoughts with a caution of particular seriousness. He tells us that whatever people may say or think, his words will be fulfilled in their season and shall not pass away unaccomplished. May we all lay to heart his warning. We live in an unbelieving age. Few believe the report of our Lord's first coming, and few believe the report of his second. Let us beware of this infection and believe so that our souls may be saved. We are not reading cunningly devised fables, but deep and momentous truths. May God give us the heart to believe them. As we think about the words of J.C. Ryle in these two devotional thoughts, you really have two big umbrellas. The first is this idea of safety, and the second is, is the concept of certainty. So let's begin with the second concept, this idea of certainty, that God's word is clear and sure and reliable, and 
We live in a, a time period where there is a lack of confidence in the Word of God. So as we think about, we'll eventually just kind of circle back to the thoughts of J.C. Ryle, but let, let's start with this idea, why, why can our listener be so sure that the truths of God's Word will come to pass as God has said them? I think we look to the first advent for our security and certainty that the second advent will happen. If Jesus is prophesied all the way back in Genesis 3.15 as the rescuer who would crush the head of the serpent, and then he fulfills that in his arrival in the incarnation, we can have that same certainty that God will keep his promise that his son will return. I'm not, I'm not one to count uh, different things. I'm not a mathematician, but uh, years ago, a fellow uh, that was a another bishop by the name of Lydon calculated there are in the Old Testament 332 distinct predictions that were literally fulfilled by Christ. And so, as Vinny said, you know, you look at the at the prophecies concerning the first advent and their fulfillment in Jesus Christ coming and being born in a manger, we have the sure confidence based on those things that of the truth of God's word, plus it is Christ himself who is saying he will come again. And I think that's why the Old Testament is so important. And we tend to, in broad Christianity, it kind of gets pushed to the side. And uh, if we don't have a a clear appreciation for the Old Testament. First, it's the Word of God, so we should be reading it. But also, in reading the Old Testament, we see those promises made, and we see other promises that God makes, and then they're fulfilled in the Old Testament. And reading through that, it gives you, by the time you come to Christ, and then these promises are made, you have this history of God's faithfulness to the promises that he makes. You have so many people that really, I I would even throw myself into this, that give very little thought to the second coming of Jesus Christ, that that's not on the forefront of my mind as I go throughout my day, that I'm, I'm not thinking as I go throughout the activities of, of the moments of, of whatever's going on, oh, Jesus could come back today. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is so often removed from our thoughts? Well, I mean, Jesus's example was to liken these days like the days of Noah, you know, Back in Noah's day, people just went about their day. There Noah was for however long, building this massive boat. People mocked him and laughed at him, never expecting things to actually happen. So we can fall into that trap of not purposefully, but we just get into our day-to-day life, and this the sun rose like it did yesterday, and we just go about our business. The other aspect of this is not only just the certainty of the Word of God, but it's the safety of God's people. You just mentioned Noah in the devotional. J.C. Ryle was saying that in the day of judgment, true Christians will be perfectly safe. There was an ark for Noah. There will be a hiding place for believers in Jesus when the wrath of God at last burns, bursts out on this wicked world. Is that, do you think, how most people see the Day of Judgment as, as God's people, that they're safe? Well, there's a, obviously a reason to fear God's judgment, and this is why um, the Second Advent is, has a great deal of warning to it. And even as we celebrate Advent, we're coming into, you know, we, we think of it as a celebratory season, but it's also a penitential season because we're told in Scripture that the people that have the hope of Christ's return purify themselves. Not, not that, that we, we make ourselves pure, but that we are conscious of the impurity that we have, and we want to make ourselves ready for the coming of Christ. And so, 
Yes, I, I think that the, you know we generally don't think like we should, which is why a season like this and the and the anticipation of Christ coming is important. We neglect these things to our hurt. Yeah, there's a band from the early 2000s, uh, Olivia the band. They were kind of like Christian punk rock, but they've got this great line in a song called "Heaven." Uh, the first time round, he came and turned the cheek. The second time round, the sword is unsheathed, and I think that. That element is not prevalent for us, and so we can either get distracted by the cares of the world and the day-to-day living, or or miss the need to approach the second Advent season with a, a sense of repentance and, mm-hmm. and humility. And there is a there is safety, as J.C. Rowe says, that we have, but there's also I, we can't expect as God's children to yet still be afraid in that day to a certain degree. I mean, it's going to be a terrible day, and I don't think our minds can really comprehend. And even just seeing God for the first time in his glory. And I think we can expect to respond in the same way that the saints of old have responded whenever they were met God. Well, they me. fell down and they <laughs> worshiped. Yeah. But then his people, what we can look forward to is by his grace, we'll hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the rest. So, I mean, he, he talks about that believers may look forward to this day without fear. True Christians will be perfectly safe. So there is at least a component of anticipatory joy. Yeah. Right. That yep. the day that we've longed for is coming. And hopefully those that are listening during this Advent season will say, I know that I'm safe for the day to come when Jesus Christ is coming because I know the Christ of the first Advent. Right. I know and trust in the one that came 2,000 years ago, lived a perfect life, went to Calvary's cross so that I might experience the forgiveness of God. Well, we'll talk more about this tomorrow. We'll see you then.